Welcome to the Powered With Love podcast, the podcast that brings to you what's working on the coalface from people within our community who are defying the odds. The podcast that gives you the ability to power your life with love. I'm the host, Stephen Cromedy, and let's get stuck into today's edition. Hello, Bill. Thanks for taking the time out of your busy day to come in and uh, and share some insights on Powered With Love, on how whether or not you're in real estate, working for someone, or just running a business in general, uh, I believe the insights you're going to share today could help any one of those people. You've been in real estate since what year, Bill? 1989. Okay, and we've certainly seen some changes in the industry, in the way consumers, I guess, uh, interact with businesses on a whole. During that time frame, things are dramatically different. But Bill, 1989, you're sitting here today in a business that, that you created. You've got some some attributes, some some foundational uh, qualities that I believe transfer across into any industry. And I believe there's three that, that you could probably share with us today. With those three, what would they be and how could someone apply those no matter what industry they're in? Uh, the first one is to be customer focused. We all say that, but there's a big difference between saying it and actually doing it properly. So customer focused is the human element of real estate and any business. It's terribly important to always put the customer first. I've always explained it as in a light. So if you can consider that a light's shining on you or the customer as in a spotlight, let's make sure the customers are always in the spotlight. As soon as the light is back on you, you're losing in their interest. And I, I think where a lot of people lose sight of that is they think about key moments. If you're only thinking about key moments, there's a disconnect. It's right at that very first time the customer engages with you. And it's also bigger than that now. You know, when you think about getting into the industry in 1989, really back then that level of engagement happened when someone picked off the, picked up the phone. But right now in this day and age, we've got social media. We've got the interaction on the website as well. We've got all these other elements that need to now come into consideration because that first point of contact, by the time they've picked up the phone, they've probably looked you up on your website, they've checked you out on social media, they've looked at Google, they've looked at all these other rating areas. So got to make sure that the spotlight is on the client even before they pick up the phone. It's possibly the last thing they do there is pick up the phone. Absolutely. So, Bill, that's fantastic. What, what's the second thing, that secret source that you've applied in all these years of uh, hammering away in your craft? Constant training, constant learning, in a nutshell. So there's a temptation to think, I've got this now, I've made a few sales, I'll back off. But that's the time you really need to step on the gas. Keep learning, keep training. Invest in yourself. Don't wait for the company you're working for to invest in you. If you own the company, you have to invest in yourself for the company to move forward. But what about if I work within the company? Why should I invest in myself? Because you always, you ink. You know, you are your own company. You take your head with you. So if you're not going to invest in it, it's not like you leave a company and leave your head there. You take it with you. So it's kind of like this. No matter what role I have out there in the community, if I want advancement, if I want to stand out, if I, if I want to further progress myself, I need to be committed to self-learning because I think that's a big one. You know, when you look at school, when you look at university, that learning typically stops there. 
But when you look at what happens as an adult, you know, ultimately to have a different level of, of, of thinking, you need to go and acquire that level of thinking. And we're going to acquire that from education. So you need to constantly be in a state of, of educating yourself. And think about just how much the world's changed in the last three months. Look at what's happening. And I was just speaking to someone before we got on air and they were saying, and I say this with, with absolute utter respect, you know, Australia has really gotten through COVID relatively untouched. And to all those people that have lost someone, you know, I, 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 I let you know that I don't say this lightly and I understand from your perspective it's been the, the end of the earth and I, and I empathise with that, having lost a loved one. However, what I do suggest though, as a country, as an economy, compared to places on the other side of the world, we've come through relatively okay. And his fear about that as a business is those countries and those businesses that have been devastated, they're going to innovate the most. These companies are going to forge a new way of doing business. And what we need to do, if it were an earthquake, rather than having got it at a level one, we need to think that and act as though this has been an earthquake where we need to rebuild, redefine and redesign the way that we inter interact with consumers. Yeah, that's a good point. Very much. So what would that third secret sauce be, that third ingredient? Just two words, and that, that is duty first. There's always a temptation to have fun in a country that we live in that's as good as it is, it's, it's tempting to have fun, then work. You've got to do it the other way around. You've got to work first, then have your fun. And that takes it right down from minute to minute, hour to hour. Do the duty first, then have your reward. So, Bill, you're sitting here, you're in your 60s now. When I met you, I'm pretty sure you're about 46. What, what advice would you give to your younger self? Probably take a few more risks. What sort of risks would have you, if you know, you, you wished you had have taken? Bought more property. Okay, because that was your mainstream investment. Doesn't matter what you invest in. Would you suggest invest in something? Yeah, invest in something. If I look at our relationship and watch the risks that you've pushed me to take, had I rested on my risk platform, I probably wouldn't have done those things. So watching the way you think about risk is probably the, the wiser thing. Well, and I think that um, I'd like to just make sure we understand how that risk looks. I think between the two of us, we probably should have taken or could have taken more risk. And hey, we're sitting in a pretty nice position, uh, touch wood. But I think you should take the risk that you can afford to lose on. But if you're starting at a point where you've got nothing to lose, and typically that's where most people start from, that's when you want to take the most amount of risk because you have nothing to lose. And one of the rules in business is once you're getting somewhere and you've got something to lose, never do something where you run the risk of losing everything. Work out how much you can afford to lose, how much you're prepared to lose, and take those risks and take plenty of them. And now, what I think the listener needs to learn is the misconception around a, what a calculator risk is. There's no such thing as a calculator risk where you've made a decision to do something because you believe you're not going to lose anything. That's not a calculator risk. As Kerry Packer used to say, a calculated risk is where you've looked at the statistics, you've looked at 
all the information and it looks like it's going to pay off, but you're now taking a risk that you can afford to take. And that's a risk where you don't run the risk of losing everything. Because a calculated risk should be taken each and every single time. You should be looking at all the information, but remember it's always gambling. Mm. And it's probably ways to moderate your risk as well, which we've learned along the way. Absolutely. And uh, what other advice would you give your younger self? I can't think of anything offhand. I do feel that after we've been through COVID, something that has been a good attribute is uh, to ferret money away. Because particularly as I watch younger people, they tend to spend what they earn. I think if that's a habit that gets... Um, entrenched in your personality that's going to bring you undone because there's always trouble coming. Yeah, and it's during these times, um, you know, as Warren Buffett says, I'm pretty sure it's Warren Buffett, when everyone's fearful, get greedy. And uh, what he means by that, when everyone's selling because they're panicked or the market's changed, that's when you should be buying. And I'm telling you, this time frame is going to be known as that time in the world where there was more millionaires made than any other time frame on the planet because those that were in an opportunity to capture those opportunities, and I apologise, and my again, I feel for those people that possibly aren't coming through it the way that, that they had have wished or hoped to or for whatever reason, um, their industry's been severely affected. However, there's going to be a lot of people that are in a good situation that we're able to capitalise on on these opportunities, whatever they may be. And that's because they've been ferreting money away. They've been waiting for that opportunity to, A, their main, opportun- their main thing they would have been hoping for would have been to weather the storm, B, at the end of it, be able to, in, you know, to invest in themselves and invest in their future. Bill, I want to touch on this topic. You've said duty first. As a younger person... Wouldn't have you felt as though you would have lost time, you would have lost life, you would have lost opportunity by living by that mantra? No, not at all. Uh, I'm, I'm not talking about working 24-7 for decades and then having fun. You're going to have fun along the way, but you give yourself rewards, rewards for the effort that you put in. So if you break it down just to saying... I'll make 10 more calls and then I'll have some lunch. Right up to I'll get to um, my best quarter ever and then I'll go skiing in Zurich. But reward yourself for the work. Don't have the reward and then work at the work. And I think that's impossible. I think that's impossible. I think that's, I think that's very important to make sure you live by that because I believe you can have your cake and eat it too and I, I say that a lot these days, and if you tie what you're doing down to a goal, you're always working for something, whether it be short-term or long-term, you've got that constant sense of achievement, that constant sense and feeling of working towards something. Bill, what about health? Where do you place health as a level of importance in order to make sure that's one of your focuses? To live the life that we're talking about, you need to have a good machine to, to take you there. And it's, it's not going to stay a good machine if you neglect it. So um, it doesn't take long, really. You don't have to spend 10 hours a day at the gym or doing things that you don't like doing. For me, I, I've always just 
made sure that every day included exercise of some description and something I like doing. So you just take an hour off, do it, then get back to work. So the reason why I mentioned that, you're in your 60s, you're in pretty good health and you must come, al- come across a lot of people who aren't as fortunate as what you are with their ability to be able to still apply themselves physically to the things that they would prefer to do. And I could only imagine that there must be some simple routines, whether it be in your day or your week, that probably look a little bit different to what most people would do. Bill, what does a typical day look like for you, even though, uh, I guess we could use the word, you're almost in semi-retirement. I don't like that word, though. What I'd prefer to say is that you're starting to work the way you'd prefer to work. What's your daily routine look like? What did it look like 20 years ago? What's it look like now? In terms of health? Yeah. Almost identical. And I think the listener needed to hear that because health is something that it's in every area. You like you take you with you, don't you? So tell us how how you look after yourself. Uh, well, it sounds a bit obsessive, but I weigh myself every day. So people think that's strange, but um, if you overeat today, you don't put the weight on in a week's time. I heard a long time ago that the average Australian puts on a kilo a year in their adult life. So wow. How are we all going? Mm. And I think it's really important because here you are at that time of your life where you have more time, you want to make sure that you've looked after your health along the way. And I guess it doesn't take too long of not looking after yourself to do some permanent damage. Well, they say once a fat cell's created, it just shrinks when you stop eating and as soon as you start eating, it expands. The trick is to not let it be created in the first place. So, Bill, I think you've shared some phenomenal insights what you've also shared is the some simple foundations that anyone could go and put into practice today those three things you know those three secret sources health investing all the things we've spoken about thus far it all sounds very simple and i think that's its true genius in the fact that it's simple but maybe it's because of its simplicity that someone says hey i've got until tomorrow i've got until tomorrow what would you say to someone that's constantly in that mindset i have until tomorrow well we all know the answer to that you just got to stop doing it start today like it's better to start and fall or fail than not to start at all so just start it's like probably giving up smoking oscar wilde said it's easy i've done it a thousand times but we don't want to go to that extent but if you start today and you fail start again tomorrow any passing comments bill anything else you'd like to say Uh, The word balance bothers me. I hear that a lot. People want balance in their life, particularly for their family and to spend time at home with their family. I haven't got a family. Perhaps I've got no right to comment on it, but I can sit on the sidelines and observe the people who seem to have the best family life are the ones that go for it in their business life. Well, I look at it this way, though. I I take... I, I would uh, rebuttal what you've said. You're very close with your mother. You were very close with your father. Um, you do spend a lot of time with your mum and you spend a lot of time with your partner. And, uh, and so that is family, Bill. And look, I, w- I would suggest that I, I agree with you in that area because I look at the amount of time you've put into work. You know, look at that's coincided with being able to be where you'd prefer to be 
with time on the other side of things and to do some phenomenal things. You know, look at what you've done in the last 10 years. You know, you've you've been to Paris, you've been to Europe, you've done some phenomenal lifetime adventures and I really think it's making sure that you're on the right channel at the right time. You know, you're where you need to be, when you need to be there, not only physically but mentally. And possibly what gets scheduled gets done. You know, get the right priorities in your life. If you've made the decision to turn up to work, turn up to work, be present because that's going to control and determine everything else that happens when you're outside of work. Well, it's important for your family to understand that that's what you're trying to achieve for them. If, you, if you're doing it for your family, they've got to leave you alone to do it. So you can't say, we want an amazing life, but we want you home all day. It just doesn't work. No, it doesn't work. And I think it's a case of involving your family in on the journey, letting them know that they're part of it, letting them know what you're working towards, making sure you've got those family goals where everyone's uh, involved in in understanding what we're all working for. And I also don't believe in work-life balance, but I believe in work-life integration. And for those people that really want to make sure they're getting the most out of life, you know, do the drop-offs, do the pickups. Um have a lunch, have a date night. Make sure you schedule these things. Work, family and life combine the two and tie it in to these short-term and long-term goals. And that way everyone's working towards something. You've got that duty first happening because without duty first you're going nowhere. Exactly. Uh, And remember along the way that your family are watching what you do to be successful. So... Um, monkey see, monkey do. Well, and you know what? I think that's a really good one to finish off, finish off on because when you think about the, you know, how long one's family has been in existence, what generation are you in, in, in line? And, and I've been thinking about this a lot lately and I think it's absolute failure that um, as a generation, if you're having to do what your parents did, what their parents did and what their parents did, how's that? How's that, how as a generation are you improving as a family? How, how is that benefiting the lives before? How has that benefited the generation that's in existence? Ultimately, if the tools, if the tools of life are being handed, if that baton is being handed down to each generation, shouldn't each generation's life be getting... A little bit e- better. Yeah, and easier. I'm sure that's what the parents intended. Yeah, but, you know, I just, I look at this and, you know, I was very fortunate in doing some of the training that you've done. We met a fellow from Rio de Janeiro and with that fellow, his father was a high profile doctor in Rio and he sat him down and he said, look, I just want to let you know what my job is as a parent. My job is to teach you, um, you know, my beliefs and and my thoughts on on being a father, being a lover, uh, being a husband, um, being a contributor to, to society, being a friend. And you know what your job is? Your job is to be better than what I am in every single one of those areas. And I give you absolute approval as my son to be a better human than what I am in every single one of those areas. And could you imagine that if as a parent our parenting style was to educate our children not to do as I do, but go and work out how you can be better than what I am. Bill, thanks for sharing some phenomenal insights. You've got insights in life, business, 
um, that anyone can go and apply these areas and if they work on them, they'll be sure to end up in a much better position than what they're currently in. Just like you have ended up doing for yourself and for the many of hundreds of people, including myself, that you've helped along the way. Thanks for sharing your time and insights on Powered With Love. My pleasure, Steve. If you like what you've heard today, remember to subscribe and rate us on iTunes. If you discovered us on YouTube, remember hit that bell so you can be notified when these new episodes become available. Leave a comment and we look forward to bringing you the latest material that's going to power your life with love.